Steve Vines, how are you? Well, you know, I'm here. Boom. Good Boom. to see you, Steve. Good morning. Now, what do you make of the, what do we call it, proxy, not proxy voting, satellite voting? How's that? Yes. Um, you mean the satellite voting in only one place outside exactly. of Hong Kong. Pretty much. So, yeah. um, this is the scheme. I mean, I, I'm sure the listeners are aware, but we'll just go over it very quickly. This is the scheme which um, they are scrambling to set up to establish the polling stations on the mainland yep. for the estimated, I think it is, something like 300-odd um, thousand um, residents, Hong Kong residents, who live across the border over the age of 18. Now, this, according to both the CINO, the chief executive in name only, and the... Um, uh, the very fine Constitution Affairs Secretary. This has been set up because he, they've been facing constant demand for this because over they... two years. But unfortunately, there's been an opinion poll this week among the great unwashed, I think also known as the Hong Kong public, which shows a very impressive 17, that's 17% of people in favour of the scheme, and 68% uh, of people opposing the scheme. Now, as we know, because it's now a matter of record, um, Carrie Lam says she's immune to criticism in that infamous interview that she gave the other week, and also that she doesn't listen to critics because why should I spend my time doing that? Quote from Carrie Lam. Um, but the fact of the matter is, of course, that, that what everybody suspected is now becoming very, very clear. Very, very why quickly. was the election postponed? in um, November, sorry, was I, no, October. The alleged co-election should have taken place in October. Uh, why, why did that happen? You know, the, 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 the stupid um, paper-thin uh, excuse that it was because of COVID um, fell to pieces as soon as they launched the so-called universal testing scheme, mm -hmm. which took place in exactly the same premises that a, a polling station would have been, would apparently, if, if they'd gone to vote, they'd have caught COVID. If they'd gone to have a, a test, they wouldn't have caught it. Please work that out and send the answer to me on a postcard. But anyway, so, I mean, we now know that that, that, that was what we call in the trade a lie. Um, so now they're saying, not only is the public clamouring for this, no evidence given. Mm. But yesterday, the Constitutional Affairs Secretary said, oh, well, you can't take any notice of opinion polls because they didn't interview put on while speakers I mean, or some such. Uh, I mean, you know, it was dragging the barrel for, a, for an excuse. But it now turns out not only will these, well, not only will this happen, because, of course, LegCo will, the LegCo um, majority of program they're not program people anymore they're pro-china people will do whatever they're told to do plus they want to be elected not only will this be shoveled through legco in short order with minimum debate we now know that minimum debate is the order of the day because other long debate apparently could be in violation of the national security law but we now have found out that not only will this electorate of 300,000 people which is not an insubstantial number not only will they be allowed to vote on the mainland, and remember, um, anybody who's a member of a pro-government party will be allowed to campaign there. If you're, if you're an opponent of the government, of course, the chances of being able to campaign on the mainland, I think, rate at, ooh, what's below zero? Sub-zero somewhere. Um, but even more outrageously, they will be allowed to choose which constituencies they vote in. Yeah. So if... 
you know, they say, well, I'm a resident of Dongun or some other wonderful place in the people's paradise. Um, but I've chosen to vote in X constituency. And by staggering coincidence, that might be a constituency which is more marginal in terms of support for the, um, let's give it the colours, you know, the blue camp as opposed to the yellow camp. So, you know, the fix is in. It will be enacted in short order. They will then have a new system under which the election can take place. In the aborted poll for October, they started rolling out disqualifications. And if, again, if the listener remembers, they rolled out 12 and they only stopped disqualifying more candidates because the election was called off. So I think we will see, as night follows day, far more people being disqualified. So whenever this wretched election is held, it's, it's threadbare credentials as, a, as an opinion. It's all, it reminds um, me of the Manhattan very... Tea Party. It's gone a bit Lewis well, Carroll. Well, I think it's it? a bit more sinister than that. Yeah, At least the Manhattan went down a black hole and was never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> but just, 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 I mean, what, yeah. loads of, loads of metaphors. I know. Goalposts, uh, whatever you goal, want to call moving, it. Moving, floating, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but but I think the the big picture, and let's look at the big picture, is that um, the um, government now has decided we're only going to hold an election once we've once we've rigged it. I think that's the bottom. So line. why hold the election in the first place? Because they love form and they like hate substance. I thought we didn't like so, elections essentially. Well, well, but that's the whole point. I mean, it's it's like over the border, where of course they also have elections. This is what they keep saying. We we you know every time. Democracy is undermined in Hong Kong. They say we are firmly in favour of democracy. Every time the rule of law is brought into question, they say, how dare you question the fact that the rule of law has been brought into question. Mm. And now we come to elections. They go, you know, Hong Kong has always had elections. We're going to continue to have elections, except for a... Hmm, All right, going to, who, to your knowledge, who can and cannot vote? Because, you know, usually you think, well, anybody in Canada, they can have a go too. Well, and they can't. That's the point. It is only, it's very simple. And is it, mm. it, it is only people who are resident on the mainland. Now, as we know, I mean, Canada isn't an arbitrary example because there's lots of Hong Kong residents. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. A anywhere in the world yeah. with loads but of Hong Kong Canada Kongers. is a... It, yeah. Not only um, are there a lot of Hong Kong residents living in Canada, but logistically... It wouldn't be that difficult if, indeed, you have to have this system, which I very much find pr precarious at best. You know where they live. I mean, Hong Kong residents live in Vancouver and Toronto and practically nowhere else. So, you know, if they're going to say, oh, Canada's a very big country, oh, it's going to be difficult. Well, no, actually, it wouldn't be. So what's the official justification for having it just in this little part? Well, Cl big part. Clamour yeah. from the public. Clamour from the public is, has so far been cited as the official ju justification. But I'm sure There's Hong no Kongers in Canada would like to vote. Let's well, I keep think bringing them back. But I mean, you know, I mean, if if we were to have a grown-up discussion about this, and goodness me, I know that isn't, isn't really allowed anymore, but if we were to have a grown-up discussion about this, it may be the case that you would say, well, fair enough, if you really do think that people are entitled to vote who are mm -hmm. outside of Hong Kong, and remember who are not normally resident in Hong Kong, I believe that's the terms of the electoral law as it stands. Okay. Why not have postal ballots? Well, exactly. And then if that's you live my in... question. If, if anybody knows. <laughs> England, can I just spit because that's apparently not not a good thing anymore. Yeah. Or if you live in, 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 in somewhere really exotic like France, you would be as entitled to vote as anybody in Dongun or Shanghai or wherever you like. Yeah. But of course... 
The problem with that is it won't produce the desired result. This is a rig. Let's not spend a lot of time, you know, wondering why this is You might not be the been... first person to say that, Steve. I don't think. I mean, I don't come here to be original, you know. <laughs> it's a long way to come not to be original. <laughs> So, so the, I think that, I mean, this is very depressing, among other depressing things. And it comes, there's a very interesting um, report in Apple Daily, I think it's yesterday or the day before, anyway, very recently, mm -hmm. which um, traced how all of the um, so-called pro-government people are now shunning Carrie Lamb. I mean, they've been doing it for some time, but much more obviously doing it. So it looks as though not only are they going to um, <clears throat> fix the next election, but that will coincide with the appointment of, of a new chief executive. I mean, they've got to find some hapless individual to do the job. And I think they've kind of decided that the CNO is the CNO and, you know, why bother any longer? Next. So, I mean, it does seem as though all of this is coming together. Hmm. And, and, you know... <laughs> the way she was treated in Shenzhen when she cancelled her policy address so that she could be in the proximity of the great helmsman well, was was extraordinary. You know, she's put on a stage. They said, oh, there's the exit door over there. You go and sit by that and you, you, you can come as close as you like. Gosh, these mind games, these, these symbolism. I mean, do, do people read too much into that? We see it all the time. Well, in a, the problem is, in a closed system, where really there is no transparency and no open discussion of what's going on, and of course no election. You 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 are reading the tea leaves all the time, you know. So are we so, overread it, not we. Well, people overreading well, the tea possibly, leaves. Possibly, possibly. He put his hand up. No, he, I know. Uh, Xi Jinping uh, coughed didn't, didn't, apparently a few times during a recent speech, and well, it, that speech actually, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. So that was huge news. I think I think the problem is that that where where there is sparse information, people fill in the gaps hmm. sometimes rather too avidly. I agree with that. I, I, I think the fact of the matter is we don't really know absolutely what goes know. on in the inner councils but to, but at Zhongnanhai. But throughout, throughout, you followed a lot of the pre-handover stuff, and you've told me before about visits, and Dong Xiaoping twitched at yeah. a 10 past 2 on a Thursday, which meant <coughs> X, Y, and Z. I mean, is that, does that go too far? Or, I think or? it does. I think it probably does. But I think that, you know, where, where there are no oh. other indicators, you take what you've got. Yeah, I suppose. And, and that's what people do. I mean, um, you know when people don't appear in public in the Chinese state media? This is very rarely by coincidence. They're out of favour. You know, before Bo Xilai was um, stuck in jail, I mean, he suddenly became a non-person in state media. So everybody knew it was coming. Now, you may say, oh, that's one of those staggering coincidences. It's like it's a staggering coincidence that Christmas is on the 25th of December every year. I don't think anybody seriously believes these are staggering coincidences. They send out little signals in various ways, either intentionally or unintentionally, and people sometimes overinterpret them and sometimes they go, oh, that's interesting. I got an email from Alan. Let's see what Alan says here. He said, um, dear Phil, Carrie Lam has taken a leaf from Trump's book just announcing how she will steal the election. Unlike him, she's going to get away with it. What do they imagine the end result of all this is, says Alan? A peaceful, content population? Question mark. They've made every possible way to participate in government a meaningless charade. He said, if I was a 20-year-old Hong Konger, and Alan most definitely isn't, he said, I would be wavering between one, emigrating, or two, planning violent, nihilistic campaigns of resistance. There you go. Well, I mean... 
This is, uh, Alan, I think, gets to the heart of the matter. You can rig elections, you can keep people off the streets with this spurious um, continuation of social distancing outside. You can do all of these things. That's the point, you can. You can do all of these things. And does it change the people's hearts? And I think it builds up... I mean, this is actually what he's saying in his email. I think it it builds up in people's hearts the, the, the spirit of resistance with only one outlet. And that's not an outlet that, that a lot of us think is a good one, i.e. some sort of violent outburst. I think that's a very unfortunate result. But, you know, if you keep bottling it up and keep bottling it up, it does it does emerge mm. you know it's the what's it in the in the can all right we've got about five minutes before the news steve so let's do a quickie well j- just a quickie actually following on from that i mean it's very interesting that in thailand where you've had these massive street Goodness protests me, yes that the, the the government is now talking about setting up a, a whether they'll do it i put you know all those um, provisors on the table, but they're talking about setting up a, a reconciliation commission to address the discontent that has been exposed by the protests. I mean, in the Thai system, this is quite amazing. And you know, in Hong Kong, people ask for something much, much less than that. They said, "I tell you what, could we defuse the situation by setting up an independent commission of inquiry into the policing of the protests?" That's not as sweeping as what's being proposed in Thailand. But the government in Thailand, which is sort of elected, I suppose this is the difference, and has a sort of legitimacy, which I suppose is also a difference, has come to the conclusion that maybe rather than have simmering discontent simmer, it might be a good idea to actually try and put a lid on it by saying, well, we'll, we'll talk to you. Are How they about all, that? Are they also worried in Thailand, do you think, that the military and the cops will put down their weapons and join the protesters. That's all, I mean, this is always the, the, the great fear of authoritarian governments. Because there are many, many of them, aren't there? Exactly. And particularly in Thailand, where you have a lot of... Um, the army uh, consists of a lot of people from the villages and, you know, they don't come from the big urban centres. It's a very big army relative to the size of the country. So, yes... I mean, this is always the fear. That the, they'll the, remember their roots kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is what they're saying at the moment. I'm sorry to keep hopping around the globe, but this is what they're saying in Belarus. Mm. Is the tipping point coming when the army that has been loyal to the regime is suddenly going to falter and remember that the, the, the army, in fact, as it does in all countries, comes from the people. And the bigger army you have, the more people it comes from. Mm. I know that sounds a bit daft, but... There's a sort of truth somewhere in there. And so, you know, when your last line of defence is guns, you've got to find people who are prepared to pull the trigger. And as we've seen throughout history, that isn't a given. Yes, right here on Radio 3, still in with Steve Vise, what do you know about airlines, particularly the ones in Hong Kong? Well, or one, possibly, because we're, we're more or less down moment, to one, yeah. aren't we? Um, there used to be something called Dragonair. That's, that's disappeared off the face of the earth. In fact, there used to be quite a, no, not a number of airlines. There were other airlines in Hong Kong. But now, as we know, and it's, it, it is a fact, the airline business is in the deepest of doo-doo. Okay. And, you know, they have to do stuff. And it's a terrible thing. There's staff being uh, fired. There's people who've been told, you know, you were earning X today, you'll be owning 30% less tomorrow. I mean, these are tough times for people who work for 
cafe and it's a thing where I don't doubt for one moment the management has to make economies when, you know, your business has slumped by something like 90%. All of this I understand. But what is so extraordinary about this is that while the staff are, you know, as they say in Cantonese, eating the dead cat, um, they, management, apparently, are not eating it at all. They are getting paid their... They've, they've had a year... They will have a year of um, reduced pay, but after that, it's, you know, back to the gravy train again. Now, if you are a leader in any situation, and people who run companies, I believe, are leaders, surely <coughs> you, you, you take what you give to the people you're leading. I think it is just extraordinary no, no, no. that this level of... <laughs> well, Different I think budget. it's extraordinary. Different I mean, budget. you know... I mean, what Cathay is saying to its staff is, not only do you have to help us out during this bad time, I mean, these are those who survived the cull. The, the, the 8,000 who won't survive the cull don't even get that um, option. <coughs> but of the people who've survived the cull, it's going to be permanent. The, 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 the um, reduction in, in t terms and conditions, reduction in wages is going to be permanent if they sign up to the... Um, form that, that the cafe's given if they don't sign up they'll they'll be told to go anyway so mm -hmm. I mean it, it's you have no choice you have no choice so <coughs> they're asking them to permanently reduce their pay reduce their other benefits where the management are saying <coughs> excuse me for coughing it's there's a bug going around um, um, the management are saying but you know not us we don't we we, we can you know we're all right mm. I, I, I have to say, I find that a bit gobsmacking. Mm. Never thought, oh, all these years, the sort of airline industry here was um, the pride of one of the prides of Hong Kong. Absolutely. And, you know, Cathay, I mean, all of us here, and we all who travel, travel on Cathay, because most of the time you don't have much choice. Yeah. We whinge about it. But, you know, it is actually a pretty good airline. If, if you want to be objective about it. There's many annoying things about it, and I'm sure that the listener could, uh, could, <laughs> could give us examples at a drop of a, a, drop of a microfiche. But, but the fact of the matter is it is a decent airline. It has a good reputation. It's good that Hong Kong has a flag carrier that people can be proud of. This is not what's going on now nobody can be proud of. And as I say, you know, I, I, I'm not saying... That, that they should be keeping all their staff because, frankly, it's unrealistic. That can't be happening in, in, in current circumstances. <coughs> and what Cathay is doing is not untypical in the airline industry. But I would say that in other airline companies who are also having to, to make cuts and what have you, yep. their, their management is also, you know, taking taking the heat as well as everybody else right if you've got anything you want to say to steve or questions or whatever morning brew at rthk.hk we'll be back in a couple of minutes i'm done with the drinking falling flat on my face wasted but we on my good graces can't find my friends like i'm lost at the party i'm done with the boys who keep causing me pain poison when I carry the blame, it's killing me thinking I'll die with nobody. Now it's all in the past. No, I'm not going back. Oh, throwing my tears to the fire. Cause lately I'm so damn tired. But being bad to myself, bad, bad to myself. 
done being selfish. My hollow words lie so that I can be heard and I need a chance at a real conversation. I'm done overthinking every step that I take, boys. The way that I hesitate and I'm dying to feel some real simulation. and chance on Radio 3 and bad to myself. I think we've got about five more minutes, Steve, so let's wrap it up. What you got? Well, there's, there's a report in the South China Morning Post today about a government proposal to set up a hotline, uh, a, a multi-platform hotline, apparently these are all the rage these days, so that people can phone up in, uh, and give the new national security unit of the police force information about folks who may or may not have breached the national security law. I mean, this is this is the 21st century equivalent of the old system on the mainland, particularly active during the Cultural Revolution, where where honest citizens and you can see the quote marks in in my voice. I hope the honest citizens would go to the party secretary or the village representative and dob in anybody they didn't like and say so and so is very smelly and by the way I said terrible things about the great helmsman or terrible things about this terrible things about that. I mean the snitchers hotline is a well known device What's in. This? in authoritarian societies and it's coming here apparently wow that's a good thing what's the psychology behind dobbing behind behind well, yeah, some from, of both, it, from both sides the uh, the humanness of well, it well i think the main thing is is to maintain the atmosphere of fear that's the main overall objective you know that anybody who might be thinking of opposing the administration anyway is left in a perpetual um what's the word a perpetual atmosphere of fear I think that's number one. Number two, a lot of this, and this was very true during the Cultural Revolution, wasn't political at all. It was just neighbours getting back at each other, you know. So-and-so stole my pig, I'll dob him in as being an enemy of the people. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of that, and there was a lot of that in the Soviet Union in those fine days, etc., etc. So in these societies, you abuse the system. It's there for a political purpose, but it's widely abused. And we already are told that this system will, 
people will facilitate anonymous callers. So, you know, you, you don't like Mr X down the road. I think I'll say I heard him say disloyal things, you know, which are capable of being seen as, as subversion or Back or in the day, would it have been totally anonymous? Because I'm curious, still this angle, what do people think they will gain from dobbing somebody in? I think they're playing a very risky game by well, doing that. Well, some people are already doing this. I mean, you, you, you have no lesser example than the former chief executive, C.Y. Leung, who, who, who who's going around saying, you know, I've got the right to name and shame teachers who I don't like and I think are guilty of this, that and the other, mm. and, you know, pops their names up on his own Facebook page. I mean, this this is slightly different because we know the source. We know it's C.Y. Leung, and he does it for his own political motives. But as I say... Really? Just political? Well, I mean, why would somebody do that? I keep going back to this. Because he's a 101 percenter. He wants to be okay. the guy who's more loyal than the, the, than every loyalist you've ever seen in... in Again, every, a dangerous every, game. It's an extremely dangerous game. It's an extremely dangerous game. And history does... Uh, judges the people who've taken part in it very harshly indeed. Mm. In the Cultural Revolution, of course, it ended up with not only were the dubbers in dubbed themselves, you know, there were violent That's reprisals. That's exactly where I'm going. There yeah. were violent reprisals against people who, who were known to be um, taking part in all of this. But there was also, unfortunately, a lot of people who'd done absolutely nothing were, were, were harried physically assaulted in some cases committed suicide actually in a lot of cases committed suicide and it, you know it creates this terrible atmosphere mm. this is you bypass the law you bypass all known proper systems of enforcing the law and you say we open it up citizens come forward and tell us who you don't like and we will take careful note of it and we will act on it mm. i mean if you want a definition of trembling in the direction of a police state. Good morning. Uh, on 